basketball is Hood. It's time for the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast with Jonathan Hood. You love basketball, you've come to the right place. Welcome in to the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. I am Jonathan Hood. Basketball is hood. I hope that you're going to enjoy your weekend. This podcast is proudly brought to you by DraftKings, DraftKings.com, or download the app, DraftKings, and use the promo code WMVP. That's our station at ESPN 1000. Use the promo code WMVP, and oh, they got so many deals. Whether it's for the NFL playoffs, whether it's for college basketball, whether it's for the NBA, whatever you like, it's all there. DraftKings.com. Use the promo code WMVP. Man, I'm so glad that you're with me because we got so much to talk about. And don't forget the archives of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. You can find it on Spotify. Check out my conversation with Dion Thomas, Mr. Illini, Mr. Illinois Basketball. We're talking about the Illini and their loss against Purdue and look ahead to their matchup against Maryland on Friday. And we talked about the Big Ten and talked about philosophy of basketball. I thought that was very, very fascinating from Deion Thomas. Guy does color analysis on the Illinois games with Brian Barnhart. So check it out on the app for ESPN Chicago or on Spotify. Wherever you get this podcast, I appreciate you checking in. We got so much to talk about. Okay, before we get to the Bulls, because the Bulls are going to take on the Bucks on Friday, you will enjoy my conversation with Super Bucks fan Travis Wacker from our station at ESPN 1000. We've had Travis on before. He's still drunk from the Chicago Sky Championship. He's still drunk from the Bucks winning the championship. He's euphoric because he was able to see two championships uh, last year. His Chicago Sky, his Milwaukee Bucks. So we'll talk to him about the Bucks and their chances to repeat in the East and where he placed the Bulls among the best in the East as well. So we'll get to the Bulls and the Bucks in a little bit. I'm going to start off first with the Lakers, though. I want to talk about the Los Angeles Lakers, then we'll work our way around the league and get to the Bulls. So the rumor is that Frank Vogel has only a few days left before he'll be let go by the Los Angeles Lakers. And can I just tell you something? I know we as fans can really get caught up in, hey, you know, if the team's not going well, definitely fire the coach because the coach being let go provides a spark for a team. And that's not necessarily true. Just because you fire the coach doesn't necessarily mean that all of a sudden you're going to automatically win the championship. This whole thing with the Lakers, I've talked about a lot here on the podcast, is that when I saw the roster composition, how it was put together by LeBron James, and whatever you think about LeBron James, LeBron James is one of the best players in the NBA, but he's not one of the best GMs of the NBA. There was a time where general managers could actually generally manage their basketball teams. And I think that's the case in 95% of the situations in the NBA, but not with the Lakers. He comes to LA, wins a championship with the Lakers. And all of a sudden now he is able to usurp the power from Rob Palenka, the general manager of the Lakers and says, yeah, I want this hall of famer. I want this hall of famer. I want Carmelo. I want Dwight Howard. I want Ray John Rondo. I want Anthony Davis. I want, you know, Russell Westbrook, and it goes on and on and on of guys that 
LeBron James likes. And cool, right? It's okay for LeBron James to make a suggestion, but all these moves are being made by LeBron James. And now it's not working out. But keep in mind, it's just January when we have this conversation, right? It's it's January 21st, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the Lakers are done, that they're trash. It's just that the Lakers are not the number one team in the NBA, and I didn't think they would be anyway, whether they're healthy or not. Because it just takes more than just saying, you know, on paper, if we put all these Hall of Famers together, then we can win a championship. And whatever people say about Jerry Krause, the late Jerry Krause, who was the uh, general manager for the Bulls for those six championships in eight years, anything that you want to say about Krause, just keep in mind that he didn't allow players to be able to dictate what the team was going to look like. The ebb and flow of a season, the um, forwards or guards or centers, whatever the team needed, it was up to Jerry Krause to make that decision. As we record this on Friday morning, the Lakers are 22 and 23. doesn't mean that the season's over, but it's not going in the right direction when Anthony Davis is out and LeBron's got to be able to carry the load. The Lakers have lost three of their last five games. They lost against the Indiana Pacers just recently, 111 to 104 um, at the Crypto Arena. And they lost against the Nuggets, they lost against the Kings, lost against the Grizzlies. Those are the games that they've lost. They beat the Jazz, and they're going to take on the Magic here right around the corner in Orlando. But it would be interesting if LeBron James just came to the media and says, you know, I'm going to defend Frank Vogel. Frank has done a great job, and Frank should be untouchable. But that's not how LeBron operates. LeBron James, over the years, has had coaches like David Blatt, and he's at Ty Lue, and he's at Eric Spolstra. Spolstra more than likely will be in the Basketball Hall of Fame. I don't think there's any question about that. Not first ballot, but he'll be there because of the championships that he was able to help win with the Heat when the Big Three came together with Bosh and Wade and James. But you notice the coaches that um, LeBron has had, coaches that he can run over. Like, he wasn't a Ty Lue guy. Ty Lue stood up to LeBron. He was just like, dude, you got to step up. And LeBron looked around like, me? Like, yeah. When he was with the Cavs, he's like, yeah, you got to step up. And I think that LeBron finally got some respect for Ty Lue, but he didn't want Ty Lue. He didn't want Eric Spolstra. The old story about Eric Spolstra is that the Heat did not win the championship the first time around. They got beat by Dallas. And... There was LeBron James trying to sell Pat Riley on coming from that upstairs as a general manager to coach the big three. The quote was to Pat Riley, LeBron said, hey, Pat, you ever get the itch to coach again? As if to say, yeah, we're going to replace Eric Spolstra. I want him out. and I want you to coach me. And Pat said, Eric Spolster is our head coach. I don't know what you're trying to say here, but he's the head coach. And that's when LeBron felt like, oh, I don't have the kind of autonomy to be able to move Spolster out and put a Hall of Fame coach in. So he left and bounced after four years, as you remember. Two championships, he left after four years. Went back to Cleveland. So LeBron's never had, like, this great coach. He's never had, like, a great coach as far as great coaches that you and I know in basketball in the NBA. So here's Frank Vogel. And as soon as he was hired, I knew that he'd be the scapegoat. This is after the Lakers have won a championship already, right? They've won a title in the bubble. You remember this, right? And all of a sudden, Frank Vogel is the reason why the Lakers are 22 and 23. What about 
the shit roster that they put together, right? What about that? Does that matter? Does did Fogel have a voice in that? He did not, to answer your question. And my question. Uh, he did not have. I mean, think about this. Russell Westbrook, Hall of Famer. Avery Bradley, solid player. LeBron James, Hall of Famer. Trevor Ariza, solid player. Dwight Howard, Hall of Famer. Um, Taylor Horton Tucker, Carmelo Anthony, Malik Monk, Wayne Ellington, Kent Bazemore, on, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Stanley Johnson, who's one of the better players on the Lakers team, if you can believe that. Stanley Johnson. Uh, Anthony Davis, who's always hurt, right? Austin Reeves. This is the roster that's been put together. Now, remember, Rajon Rondo was traded earlier in the season. And this is what the Bulls, I'm sorry, this is what the Lakers have to deal with right now. This is the team. And I knew when the team was put together, it was old. But somehow, some way, this is what LeBron wanted, and here's where the Lakers are. The Lakers will be bounced in the playoffs. Don't know how early, but there are so many other teams that are better than the Lakers right now, and the Lakers are not going to get better with Anthony Davis or not. Cohesion will be the problem with the Lakers, and age will be the problem. So check this out. So Russell Westbrook already knows that uh, he's on the trading block because LeBron doesn't want him anymore, realizes that he's a Hall of Famer, but not necessarily a positive player for our team. So Charles Barkley was on TNT, and he just was going after the Lakers, going after ESPN, anyone who wanted to listen about the whole Lakers debacle. I just want to say, I, I, you know, so I never root, I don't, because I don't care who wins. I mean, I just want the season to be over so we can go play golf and fish. All right, let's. Uh, but I root. I, the Lakers are such wussies. And I only say wussies because I can't say the word I want to no, say. I know. The way they have tried to throw Russell Westbrook and Frank Vogel under the bus is just really pissing me off. And I got to tell you something. Oh, no. Hey, you know, we've got a, we've got a guest standing by. Well, the and Lakers still suck when we get back from this interview. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well. That he was playing. I'm still mad. Now listen, I'm not going like, to sit out like all these clowns on other networks got okay. their head up the Lakers' booties. Now they're blaming Frank Vogel and Russell Westbrook. Listen, the people up top who put that trash together are running and hiding like cowards, saying, "Oh, it's Frank, it's Russ." You put all them old geezers out there. Listen, the best guy other than LeBron in the last month has been who? Stanley Johnson. Yeah. And for y'all to be bringing a guy who was on the street and he becomes your second best player and the, the general, whoever running that trash out there, getting away, uh, it's ridiculous, man. Charles Barkley on TNT, not happy about how Frank Vogel and Russell Westbrook are the scapegoats. Well, I would blame LeBron. LeBron is the one who wanted all these great players, right? And... Of course, Polinka had to broker these deals, and now the Lakers are under 500. Michael Wilbon on ESPN, on NBA radio, was talking about Frank Vogel and the Lakers. You know, we've been talking about this on our set. Anybody's been watching our show, Countdown. Stephen A's been talking about this for weeks, and not recommending it, just saying it was inevitable. And I guess when a, when a team is going as badly as the Lakers and as disappointing as the Lakers with expectations that aren't being met, the coach is always going to have to, his butt is going to be on the hot seat. And so, but, so it's not, this is not breaking news to me. And it also would be, I don't know, pretty tacky. The Lakers are just not good. They're not good on any number of levels, and I'm not about to blame Frank Vogel. I don't think this team would be any good for Red Auerbach or Pat Riley or Phil Jackson or Pop or any, anybody else you want to name. I mean, it's got a lot of big names. They're 
not performing up to the level that people expected. And I'm not sure they should have expected that. One of the great exaggerations in the last few years is that Anthony Davis, another Chicago boy, Eddie and I both love him, that he's a top five player. He's not a top five player. He's not been a top five player. I can sit down any year and name five players that I think would go ahead of him. And I don't know how this got started. He's a top five player. But he's injured, and he's out and may come back shortly. But the, the Lakers aren't any good. The pieces don't fit. They don't have the energy. They don't have the mixture of guys they need. They don't have the shooters, God knows. And so to blame this, to dump all this at Vogel's feet to me is laughable. Here's Chris Broussard from Fox. Proving that he's a very good coach. We remember back in Indiana where he gave LeBron's big three with LeBron, D-Wade, and Chris Bosh in Miami all they wanted in two straight Eastern Conference Finals. And Vogel's weapons, a big three of Lance Stevenson, David West, and Paul George. Or you can throw in Roy Hibbert, however you want to work it. But that was his arsenal. And he gave them all they wanted. We obviously saw a couple of years ago that Vogel guided the Lakers, these Lakers, to a championship. I feel like him being fired will be the front office protecting itself and scapegoating Vogel for putting together a bad roster, an ill-fitting roster, okay? All of us, all of us knew, once we heard the rumors, the rumors that they're looking at Russell Westbrook in the trade, we all were like, what? like I was like, there's no way this is happening. It doesn't make any sense. And I wasn't alone, all right? So they brought in Westbrook. Now they're old. All right, Vogel's teams have always been great defensively. Even when he was in Orlando where he didn't have good teams, they were in the t- near the top ten defensively. But you gave him an old roster that's really incapable of playing great defense consistently, like for long stretches of time because of their age. And so, and then LeBron... Whenever he's won championships, we all know the formula. He's had shooters around him. And you gave him a roster that really doesn't have much shooting at all. DeRozan, still working. Pump fake, flipped it up. Kobe, Kobe. Comes into DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, working hard in the corner. You've got to consider Levine as well. His shooting percentages are even more accurate as great use of the pump fake, which DeRozan has absolutely perfected. Good hustle by Troy Brown on the offensive line. DeRozan put the moves on marketing. Stops, fakes, works, blasts. Oh, Compton's in the house. What a sequence by DeMar DeRozan. Man, they, they made an executive decision, the Morris <laughs> brothers. They canceled the flight to Denver. DeMar DeRozan in the air. Oh, Oh, welcome everybody to the wild, wild west. Ah, DeMar DeRozan and the Chicago Bulls will be taking on the Milwaukee Bucks on Friday night. They take on the NBA champs, the Bucks, and the Bulls will be shorthanded again. We've been hearing this a lot from the Bulls, right? Lonzo Ball opted to have surgery. Six to eight weeks he's going to be out with a meniscus tear in his left knee. So, you know what this means? That means that you got to see Io DeSumo, a rookie, and Kobe White step up 
And Zach Levine, when will he return? Now, again, this might be bowling shoe ugly at Fiserv Forum in Milwaukee on Friday for the Bulls. But the point is, though, is that it's really about how the Bulls can be able to come together once they are fully healthy, right? When they are, are ready to go. Because um, this is a marathon, not a sprint, as you well know. If you, yeah, you're a basketball fan, you're listening to this podcast, right? So you know that... Once the Bulls are fully healthy, they will give teams hell for sure. They give them fits because there's going to be enough scoring for this Bulls team to be able to compete. To compete, let me go back to the Cleveland game real quick because the Bulls in the last game defeated Cleveland with a win one seventeen to one hundred four. You say, "Well, Hood, how did they do that without Zach Levine?" You know, I was really impressed by several things. First of all, Alex Caruso returned to the Bulls, and Alex Caruso. You can look at any box score and you say, "Ah, what did he really do?" Just his presence on the floor matters for this Bulls team because he's a guy here that can initiate the offense, bring the ball up. He also is very good in the passing lanes and is a really solid player to get steals and turnovers and take it the other way. I really liked, especially in the second half, the ability for Desumu as well as Kobe White to really get in the passing lanes against the Cavs. I really like that. And the Cavs are an up-and-coming team. Uh, a team that is going to be in the playoffs this upcoming season. Um, but I really liked what I saw as far as the moxie from the Bulls and what they were able to do defensively. That mattered to me, and I liked how they were able to win. Um, you know, they had a hard time holding on to the lead. I think I could swear it had to be like five or six times where the Bulls had double-digit uh, uh, double digit lead, had the advantage on the Cavs, and Ended up winning the ball game 117 to 104. You know, every team has its run, as you well know. But I just thought, you know, the Bulls could put this Cavs team away, and they really could not until the very end of the contest. So I liked what I saw from the Bulls, but Lonzo Ball is going to be out. That means you have to have a few others that can be able to pick up the slack and get the offense going, right? For Levine when he returns, and for DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, what a great story for not just the Bulls, but for the NBA, for this guy to be able to really uh, raise the level, raise the bar for the Bulls' chances in the regular season and, of course, the postseason as well. That is for sure. And don't forget, our podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings.com. Use the promo code WMVP. You know what's happening. The NBA Regular season, the NFL postseason with the playoffs, college basketball, so much more. Check it out, DraftKings.com or download the DraftKings app and use the promo code WMVP. Hey, they're good to me. They're good to this podcast. So you be good to them, DraftKings. Use the promo code WMVP. By the way, I checked out the jersey sales. Have you seen this? Talks about the popularity of the NBA. I saw this from Mark Stein on Twitter. So says that it's a look here at the jersey sales, the popular jerseys in the first half of the NBA season. I'm looking at this right now. The number one jersey, the most popular in the NBA, LeBron James and the Lakers. How about that? Steph Curry's number two. Giannis Antetokounmpo is three. Kevin Durant is four. Luka Doncic is five. So Luka's in the top five. Internationally, 
uh, domestically, people love Luka because people believe that he's going to be the next star to win an NBA championship, young star to win an, an NBA championship. Jason Tatum, we'll get to him in just a moment. Jason Tatum from Boston. John Morant from Memphis. Trey Young is eight. Klay Thompson from the Warriors is nine. Damian Lillard of the Trailblazers is 10. Then 11 through, let's see, 11 through 14. Joel Embiid, Anthony Davis is 12. Can you believe that? Anthony Davis. His jersey shouldn't be number 12. His street clothes should be because he's always in street clothes. Devin Booker from Phoenix and R.J. Barrett for the Knicks is 14. Uh, as far as teams are concerned, the top teams as far as jersey sales, the Lakers, Golden State, Milwaukee, Brooklyn Nets are fourth, Boston fifth, the Knicks are sixth, the Bulls are seventh. 76ers 8th, Raptors 9, Dallas Mavericks are 10. So there you go, as far as jersey sales is concerned. One thing I want to get to when it comes to the Boston Celtics, right? Because people are trying to figure out, okay, so since the time that Brad Stevens was the head coach for the Celtics, are they going sideways? Are they going ahead? Are they going backwards? So... The Celtics lost against the Hornets. I saw some of this game, 111 to 102. And LaMelo Ball had a triple-double. Boy, he's, he's such an exciting player. Nothing against Lonzo, but LaMelo might be that dude. Really, 15 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists to Lee Shaw to a victory over the Boston Celtics. Celtics on Wednesday. Celtics will take on the Trailblazers coming up here right around the corner. So Bill Simmons... Super fan from the Celtics, of course, and from the Ringer, uh, was talking about what's going on with this Celtics team. One of the storylines of the NBA this week is can Tatum and Brown work together? Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, can they work together with the Celtics? Because right now the Celtics, as we record this, is five are five hundred. I don't expect the Celtics personally to be a contender at all in the East. The Bulls are. That is for sure. And so are the Nets. So is Milwaukee. So are the Heat. Um, so are the Cavs. Those are five teams off the top of my head. The Sixers, that's six. And without even looking. And so I don't know where the Celtics fit into that. Um, did I mention the Nets? Maybe I didn't, but the Nets are in there as well. So those are the teams I, I'm thinking about. Let's see, Bulls, Heat, Nets, Bucks, 76ers, Cavs. That's six. And then it gets kind of murky, right? Even though the Wizards got off to a quick start in the East, now they kind of settle in around 500. Charlotte's going to be good uh, with LaMelo Ball, especially if he stays healthy. And then I don't know where the Knicks are. The, the Knicks are, are below 500. The Hawks, I believe, will be a playoff team. I think they're going to get better, uh, especially with good health. And I don't know where the Celtics are, but here are some thoughts here from Bill Simmons from the Ringer regarding the Celtics. I have no fun at all watching the Celtics. I watch them because it's like a family member that you're stuck with on Thanksgiving, but I'm constantly frustrated and I'm happy with them. The fundamental question for me is, if you gave them a real point guard, could they be really good? That's A. Then fundamental question B is, it's not like they haven't succeeded with these guys. They made the conference finals with these guys. You know, so you, you can't look at it like you would with, I don't know, Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins and just be like, we've had no success with these guys. These guys have had success and the roster's pretty weird. Like the, the coach that we have continue to play Schroeder and Smart together down the stretch for 30 games with Tatum and Brown. So then everybody sagged off those guys and 
you know, that Tatum and Brown, they were able to just pack the paint and send second people at them, all that stuff. But I, you know, I know you could say this about 20 teams, but if you gave them a real point guard who was, who was tasked with, it's my job to make these guys better. If you put Chris Paul in the Celtics, I know that's, of course, he's making anyone better. But if you put even a poor man's version of Chris Paul on the Celtics and that person was like, my job is to make this work, would that person make it work? And I think the answer is yes. So because we don't have the right roster for these guys, doesn't mean to me you have to panic and trade Jalen or Tatum. I wish the owner would just come on at some press conference or some radio show and just be like, look, we are not trading these guys. Jason, Jason and Jalen are on the team and we are not trading them. And I don't, any rumor that comes out is not true. We are not trading them. We want to build around these guys. We want these guys to be Celtics for life. That's what they need to say. Bill Simmons talking about the Celtics and I don't expect them to be in the top eight. They may be able to get in that play in game, but I don't expect them to be, um, a, a contender in the Eastern Conference. Brad Stevens now from head coach to kicked upstairs. Can he evaluate talent? Can he keep? Brown and Tatum together, they're fun to watch together, but can they win together? Can you build around those two? I think you can, but again, Brad's team has never been a talent evaluator of this capacity. We'll see what happens now moving forward with the Celtics. Now let's take a look at Travis Wacker. Yes, my friend Travis Wacker, who works at ESPN 1000, part of our staff here, my teammate, a super-duper Milwaukee Bucks fan. He's so happy. His Bucks won the NBA championship, and, of course, the Bulls will take on the Bucks in a marquee game on Friday. So I talked to Travis about what's going on in the Eastern Conference earlier on, talking about what's happening with the Bucks, And, of course, he's Mr. Swag. You know, Travis Swacker likes his shoes. What shoes should we be looking for in the spring and summer of 2022? My conversation with Travis Swacker as we get ready for the Bulls and the Bucks and our look at the Eastern Conference right here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings. I'm doing great. Thanks for inviting me back. Absolutely. Are you still drunk from the championship? I know it took you a while to sober up. Have you sobered up yet from the championship? I think I've sobered up, but I think I'm still catching up on sleep. <laughs> that was an issue for you. Yes, I understand that. So this is this is the life of Travis Wacker. Okay, everybody. So his Milwaukee Bucks win the championships, and then of course he's going to all the a lot of the Sky Games, including the playoffs. They win the the WNBA championship, and you and you're still drunk from that. I mean, it's amazing. Like you come around and Bucks win, and the Sky win the championship. You're a, you're a good luck charm. The Bears could use you. <laughs> I think I'll pass on that one. <laughs> <laughs> you you don't have that much magic. That's what you're just telling me, right? You don't have that kind of magic to get the Bears to win. Uh, man, I don't know. It's gonna take a lot to help them right now. Well, I understand. There's no question about that. I mean, years and years of help and therapy. So I totally understand. So I told you, Travis, I wasn't going to have you on the show until the Bucks, you know, get relatively healthy or start winning again. And now I'm watching a lot more Bucks games, and they've picked up the slack here in January. So how would you look at the state of the Bucks right now? What resonates with you? Yeah, um, I saw a step. I mean. The, the Bucks do this thing every year where, like, they lose to teams that they should be beating consistently, right? Like, and I saw a stat the other day, because this year it seems like it's happening a lot more, and, but it was from Hardwood Paroxysm. Um, I forget his name, though. And Matt Moore, I think. It, yeah. 
they're they're pacing at the same amount of losses to those you know sub 500 teams so as bad as it might kind of feel to some fans right now um it it actually kind of feels worse than it is um because then when you look at the injuries and the players that have missed time due to covid um like you said the bucks are they seem to just be finally starting to get healthy um at the right time and uh drew holiday came back from his ankle injury last night didn't start but got some run in and contributed and uh, got a nice key win over a a hot memphis team yeah so i watched both games i really liked what i saw against memphis i'm i like memphis that would be like the fifth game in a row i've seen with memphis good young team but that loss against atlanta was inexcusable i watched that entire game the bucks were cruising in that game in atlanta and then lose on mlk day and i'm saying well wait a minute now you gotta i understand that atlanta is going to make the playoffs again this year and they're you know a formidable team travis you can't lose that game against atlanta you had the lead in the fourth and you relinquished it that didn't work for me it didn't work for me either um I was watching that game the entire time, and um, just to see him kind of squander that lead, I was I was puzzled or hoodwinked, if you will. <laughs> right. So, so, all right. So, what is the what's uh, is the theme for the Bucks right now? There's Giannis, but then you're still trying to get healthy with Holiday and others, correct? Yep, of course. Uh, Chris has been good right now. Um, Dante's. You know, working his way back into the rotation, coming off of his extended absence. Um, and then it's really just getting that consistency out of uh, Pat Connaughton, Bobby Portas, you know, the others. So, And that's really the ultimate thing when it comes to championship teams. It's like we always have a big spotlight on the the best players but the others matter and it starts with bobby porras with me i mean still a cult favorite in milwaukee right oh 100 percent and and it's it's all off of the energy that he brings to the court every night i mean whether you know he's getting a good steal or making a block or hitting a tough shot in the lane um the energy that he exudes after those big plays um you definitely feel it reverberate through the arena so Giannis or the field for MVP? Ooh. Um, my pocketbook would say Giannis. Um, Have you already put a bet down on Giannis again for MVP? Did you do that before the season? Uh, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know that's not how the league works, right? You know that, like, they. I mean, Giannis should have had it last year, but they just move it around to give Jokic the MVP. But it's like... You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's one of the top candidates, sure. So why is Giannis so? Giannis got his year off from regular season MVP, trying <laughs> to bring him back into the fold. Okay, so who does he have to beat out, right? So is that well, it's DeRozan. DeRozan's in that top five. Hundred uh, percent. LeBron's in that top five. I mean, Steph has to be in there. The job that they did waiting for Clay to come back this season. Yeah. Um. I mean, that was a masterful piece of art right there. Um, John Moran, I mean, you look at Memphis, that was just their second loss since Christmas. Um, So they're hot right now. And, of course, he leads the team in points and assists last night against us. 14 assists to one turnover. Um, So, 
you have those. I mean, you have your, you know, your standards. Then you have the big nights from Jokic and Embiid last night. Embiid pouring in 50 in 27 minutes. Um, and then Jokic seemingly one-upping him just, you know, a couple hours later with a 40-point triple-double overtime win. So, um, I think it's a really good MVP race this year. It is. It is. I think Giannis is on the top of that, but, you know, the NBA voters, they're trying to kind of move that championship, that, that particular accolade around. And I will tell you, if if Ja Morant, if he if he wins, Memphis is going to be on fire. That will be their championship for Ja Morant to be the MVP. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I mean, they're a team that should make some noise in the playoffs, for sure. Just because of how they don't give up. You look at their game against Milwaukee last night, and Milwaukee, you know, pushes out these leads, and you think that they're just gonna, you know, kind of put it over the top at any given moment. And Memphis just fights their way back in time and time again, and uh, they're one of those teams that just doesn't give up, and uh, they leave it all on the court every single night. So, what do you think about the Bulls so far this year? Um, I, I think. You know, this, I expected the Bulls to be a playoff team. I didn't expect them to get off to this quick a start. I was mentioning this a few podcasts ago. It was um, Raja Bell and Logan uh, Murdoch, and they do a podcast on The Ringer. And Raja Bell, his only concern was he was wondering if the Bulls are peaking too early. He would prefer for a healthy Bulls team, if you're going to make a run, to do this in March and April. And he was wondering, are we seeing just the best of the Bulls now, and we won't see that late uh, in the regular season? So how do you see the Bulls? I mean, I can see where he's coming from. Yeah. Um, But then you look at, the injuries that the Bulls have sustained recently. Caruso finally getting back on the court last night. But now Levine and Ball are both out. And now Ball's, you know, they're making a decision on whether or not he needs surgery. And if he does, it's going to be at least four weeks before he's back. So, you know, I, it seems like they may have peaked too early. And I'm also in the camp where, you know, I did not expect a, this hot of a start from them. Um, tied for first in the conference. Um, but, you know, they're here. DeRozan is doing his thing again, finally getting back to, you know, what he does best and scoring the ball, and he's starting to facilitate a bit more. Um, I mean, he had 30 points last night and didn't hit a single three. So not too common of an occurrence nowadays. No. Unless you're a player like Giannis or Embiid, you know, someone um, who pounds the paint a lot. So, uh, you know, DeRozan's working the mid-range magic, and um, he's leading this Bulls team right now. And then you look at the others. Um, You know, Caruso falls into that category. And, I mean, every team would love to have a player like him. And then you have Ido and the season that he's having and leading the team in assists last night. So uh, they're really starting to get more of those contributions down the bench. And obviously that's going to be even more imperative as they kind of wade through this storm of injuries. I don't consider the Bulls like this great Cinderella story. I know that there are some NBA pundits that will look at it and say, wow, the Bulls out of nowhere. Okay, agreed. I didn't expect them to be the number one seed at this point in time. I expect them to be able to have this many days in first place. 
I, I think Cleveland and Memphis are two great stories because when you're this young, you're supposed to look like Sacramento, right? You're supposed to look like New Orleans. Um, you're not supposed to look like Memphis. So I think Memphis and Cleveland are two great NBA stories. Am I wrong about that, or do you think the Bulls are just some great NBA story? I think that they are where I thought they would be, a playoff team. I mean, they are have overachieved for sure, but uh, I think that Cleveland – actually contending right now and then seeing Memphis the way they've been playing I think that those are my two top like out of nowhere stories so far yeah and I think Cleveland's the bigger out of nowhere story between the two mm-hmm. I mean coming to, coming into the season I don't know if you would have found a single person that thought Laurie Markkinen would lead the Cavs in scoring in any single game this year yet here he is putting in 28 last night um, so the job he's doing and Garland's doing it. Obviously, Jared Allen's still doing his thing down in the paint. Um, but, I mean, the Bulls are, like you said, spending all this time in first place, percentage points ahead of the Heat for first overall in the East, and half game up on Brooklyn, two up on Milwaukee. You really look at, like, the top six seeds in the East, and that includes Cleveland at six, and all six are within two and a half games of each other. Um, so it's definitely stacked up top. And um, to me, you know, you look at Memphis and Cleveland and, you know, the somewhat of a surprise is how good the Bulls have gotten off to. I'm most surprised by, you know, how Atlanta's playing or lack thereof, aside from their win over Milwaukee yesterday. I mean, nine and a half games out of first, not even a top 10 team in the East. Um, and I thought for sure they'd be a top five team in the conference coming into the season, just building off of last year. Uh, so when you look at the East, is there, when you see the Bucks and the Bulls and the Nets, and, the, and we got to stop there and talk about the Nets, but when you look at the, hi- the hierarchy, do you expect the Bulls to be in that top four? top five because you know what jj reddick said he didn't th- he thinks the bulls when it's all squared away will be a fifth seed so how do you see the hierarchy of the east at the top yeah i i could definitely see the bulls being a top five team um i don't, I don't know if there's a question about it at this point the way they've played to start the year and like i said they're hitting kind of that injury slump right now so once the players come back um i think you know they'll be getting healthy at a good point in the season and um, should be able to close the regular season on a strong note. So, I mean, do I think Cleveland is going to be a top-five team? Probably not. Um, You know, is Boston going to creep their way up? Um, Probably not. I mean, could they? Sure. Uh, Toronto's kind of in that mix. Mm-hmm. And, like I said, I'm still waiting to see what Atlanta team we're going to get this year. So, But we're past that halfway point season, so it's like, is Atlanta just like, have they regressed a step um, this year? You know, Are we going to see those midseason improvements from Boston and Toronto to try and take one of those top five seats? Um, I don't think we're going to see it, just because of the way that these top five teams are playing. So. Well, I, I, I'm i fascinated at the deadline because I want to see what happens with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia, right? 
Like, like he still he still has not played. That's just crazy to me, man. Just like so so. And if you're Philly, you have the asset. You don't have to trade Ben Simmons. Simmons wants out. But can you imagine drawing a line in the sand, not really listening to Doc Rivers, who was a player's coach, pretty much saying after the loss, you know, in the playoffs when they were eliminated, it's like I don't know if Ben Simmons could be our lead guard on a championship team. And that's how he really felt at the time because the team lost. And then he just got sore about it and just been sitting out ever since. And, like, that is crazy to me. That kind of talent, not wanting to compete. Uh, you know, I am i don't know what's going on in his personal life, Travis. I have no idea. But, I mean, when you don't hear anything about Ben Simmons, not trying to, you know, play overseas or whatever, like he's not playing any basketball, that says a lot. I want to know where he's going to be at the deadline. I'm curious about that. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's one of those players that if one of these fringe contending teams can pick him up or is willing to deal for him, then, I mean, we might have a different makeup of the top five, top six teams in the East if he stays in the conference on the latter part of the season. Um, and so you've heard the rumors about Russell Westbrook to the Bucks, right? You've heard this, right? I mean, I think a four-for-one trade. Have you heard about it? <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> but, it is, but it is funny, though, that Russell Westbrook, how would you like to be working at a place in which LeBron chooses you, right? Chooses you. Wants you to be part of the team. It's not working out, and LeBron suggests that you should be traded. Uh, that that is bananas to me. And then Russell Westbrook just the other night, as inexplicably the Lakers lose to Indiana. Like I don't know how that happens, but it happened. And then Russ walks off the floor with ten seconds left, gets his bags and leaves. Never addresses the media, knowing that LeBron wants him. And it, and it just gives you the great lesson that you never have your star player pick your roster for you, right? Like yeah. if you're LeBron, you're saying, yeah, you know what, my friends are. Russell Westbrook and uh, Carmelo Anthony and Rajon Rondo and, you know, um, Jordan and some of these other guys. Like, yeah, like I like I want to play with all these guys. And then it doesn't work out. Now you want to trade your pieces. And it's kind of like, man, if you're Russell Westbrook, you were hyped to be with the Lakers. And now LeBron doesn't want you to the point where Frank Vogel more than likely will be fired because of the slow start. And then Russ is going to be out of there. It's amazing. Yep, and, you know, that picking of his team also, but uh, them re-upping on Talon Horton Tucker instead of Alex Caruso. Yep. Um, oh, which I think any team would take Caruso over THT um, at this point. So, I mean, it's, I love watching it from afar. Um, just because I look at how the Bucks organization has been run and, um, you know, they let, they consult with Giannis on personnel decisions, but he doesn't have like the end all be all say. Whereas in LA, it might be a little different. So um, I'm enjoying it, just watching that situation kind of sputter along right now. It's a good time. Yeah, you'll enjoy it until Russell Westbrook's in a Bucks uniform and you get bounced in the second round. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, how do you know? <laughs> well, I know you know one of the owners. Like, I know one of the owners, too. I guess that I guess we do are privy to that, are we not? 
Uh, a little bit. Yeah, I, I think I, I would say I would say one of the owners that we know very well probably wouldn't want Russell Westbrook to upend a second ring for the Bucks if you get there. Well, and I mean, just thinking about it logically, you bring in Drew Holiday and won a championship in his first season with the team. Like they have no point to make it. Like there's no reason to even consider a trade for Russell. So that is a really, really interesting conundrum to break down Russell Westbrook. It is like you know, from a, from, it, it's just it's it's really a long, a much longer conversation that you and I have to have over beers and wings because it, the guy's a Hall of Famer, yes, but then what's confounding is is that at this point in time in his career he's not a winning player, even though he has been in his you know, in his career, individually but not being able to elevate a team is a whole different story. It's just it's one of those, it's not like that guy sucks or that guy's great. It's, it's a lot of gray area in him and that's why he is probably going to be expendable at the Lakers here pretty soon. It's just it, you don't get players like him in that kind of conversation very very often. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at his past seasons with all of the triple doubles and everything that came with that, but at the end of the day, I mean, are they winning? No. So, and, you know, someone's going to be a fall person for that, whether it be a player or a coach or both. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I'm just sitting back and I'm enjoying watching it all happen. There you are, just sitting there silently laughing, laughing at the Lakers, right? Just yeah, just like a typical G, you move in silence and you laugh at the Lakers, the, one of the great franchises in the NBA. You're laughing at them, laughing. They brought this upon themselves. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you very much for that. That is true. Lastly, last thing I have for you is this, is that because the spring is, I know it's cold in the Midwest, and I know that spring's right around the corner, but I know that you've got your eyes on some shoes, uh, for some some uh, gym shoes. And I don't know if you bought them yet for 2022, but I know you got your eyes on something because you always have the, the freshest footwear. So... <laughs> What do you? What do you? What is hot right now that you're keeping your eyes on for 2022? Um, so the big thing for me right now, and I've kind of, I haven't completely moved off of Jordans yet, but I am getting more into uh, the Nike Dunks, and they are doing. Uh, by they, I mean Nike. They are doing some restocks coming up which I'm very excited for, mm -hmm. um, which includes the quote-unquote panda colorway um, in the low top. Um, so those I'm definitely keeping an eye on. Um, but for right now, that's kind of it. I'm trying to be a little more selective about uh, what I go after. So, you know, I, before I used to just cast a wide net and see what I got. Uh, but nowadays, I'm just trying to you know, pick and choose my lanes. That's so. fun. Oh, it's interesting. For once, you're actually saving money. That, that's 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 different for you. You're actually going to save money for something special. I see. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. So my mom was just as surprised. <laughs> well, I'm certainly surprised too because I expect you to give me a fresh pair every day when you walk in the office. I expect you to show me what the latest thing is for 2022, right? I, I have to I have to some at some point veer away from my Adidas 
because uh, UIC is an Adidas school. So I've been working, you know, working with them for nine or 10 years. And so I just thought since I work with the school, I should probably wear the gear. And but I just think that this spring and summer, I'm going to have to reach out to you to find out what is the thing I should be wearing, because if it's not Adidas, it's cool. I could, you know, wear something else. But I, that's where I'm at. I want to get some low cut something that's very comfortable and stylish. Yeah, I mean, Adidas has done some cool and innovative things recently. Um, they teamed up with Allbirds to create, um, like, the lowest carbon emission footprint shoe um, in, like, the running market. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can find that at your local Allbirds store. Um, I'm sure it's at an Adidas store, too, but I haven't been to one recently. Um, so they've done that. They just um, announced some pieces as part of a collab with Prada. Uh, coming out soon. Obviously, that's going to be a little more spendy. Oh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Have you seen them, Travis? I, I, I've seen them. Um, I don't know if I would wear them, especially for the price that they're asking. What color? Have you seen the co- what colors? Do you know? Um, I've seen both white and black. Well, I'm a thirteen. What are you? A twelve? Eleven or twelve? Uh, no, I'm, I'm a thirteen. Oh, well, why don't we go halfsies? <laughs> if we got the same size, why, why don't we just go halfsies? Like, why? No, we look and we can go half, right? You can wear them one week, and I can wear them the next week. I mean, it's gonna get a lot of mileage, but nothing wrong with that. Yeah, well, I just took a screenshot of them and sent them over to you. Hold on, let me take a look at these. Hold on. Oh, 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 oh. 12, uh, was it 1,100? Yep. Holy bleep. Okay. So, Adidas for Prada, re-nylon, okay. Adidas for Prada, nylon forum, that's 1,100. Adidas for Prada, uh, the re-nylon forum, low shoes, I say 850? Yep. Yee. I still think we can make, I think we can have a payment plan with Good Karma Brands and get this done. We'll have to see what we can do. <laughs> so, I look forward to it, man. We're going to see what happens with the Bulls and the Bucks and uh, moving forward. Thanks for coming on. Let's do it again. Yep. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this game tomorrow night. Ah, good to have another Under the Hood with Jonathan Hood basketball podcast in the books. Looking forward to a great weekend of basketball, college and pro. Don't forget, we're brought to you by DraftKings. Use the promo code WMVP, not just for college basketball, not just for the NBA, but also for the NFL playoffs as well. Check it out. It is DraftKings, DraftKings.com, or download the DraftKings app. And don't forget to use the promo code WMVP. I'm Jonathan Hood. Just remember, basketball is hood. With me, Jonathan Hood, thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and check out the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, whatever you like.